essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Sean Mooney welcoming you to the StarCast Event Center, where it has just been announced that the sold-out event in Chicago over Labor Day weekend will now be available worldwide on fight.tv forward slash StarCast. Thousands of fans from across the world have already made their travel plans to join us in Chicago, but now you can join in on all of the fun from the comfort of your own living room. Fight.tv forward slash StarCast will bring you over 20 live events across four days for one low price well below the suggested retail price of over $260. Stay tuned for details on how you can even get $20 in fight credit. That's right, towards your future purchases with the Platinum StarCast Weekend Pass. Hey, is All In going to be on fight too? Hey, speaking of fight, I think Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard are gearing up for one as they prepare for the Monday Night War debate on Thursday, August 30th at StarCast. They are ready for this. So Bruce, coming up at Sarcast, it's you and I head to head at a Monday Night Wars debate. I have mixed emotions, Bruce, because I've learned to like you and respect you. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you know what I don't respect? I don't respect all the spin, all the distortions, all the lies that you and the WWE had to put out there in order to keep your heads afloat, try to make yourselves feel better about that war. Well, coming up at StarCast, you've got your side of the story, I've got my side of the story. And when it's all said and done, the audience is gonna figure out where the truth lies. And it's not always with the victor, and you know that. And I know you're thinking about that. So you know what I'm gonna do, Bruce? I'm gonna be as kind, I'm gonna be as gentle as I can. But when it's all over, I'm hoping that you and I are gonna be able to remain friends. If not, life we'll find out because i'm bringing it no brag just fact oh wow you know the fact of the matter is is that winners write the history book that's why i am going to be the one representing wwe at starcast in the monday night wars debate on the other side the other guy the other decision maker the one and the only Eric Bischoff. So finally you get to hear both sides debated why they did what they did, why we did what we did, and how ultimately in the end, only one could remain standing. That was us, and at StarCast it will be me. Whoa, I think those two are ready to go at it, and I can't wait to see that one. How about you? Blue and... Looks like we're on this time. I can hear you a bit in the background. Chris, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what happened a moment ago. You popped up on there and 
and just went silent and gone. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard no audio on my end, so that's why I had to restart. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I sent Nathan a couple of questions uh, in the messenger version of this, and to see if him and James will uh, respond. And I'm going to edit uh, them in if uh, they send us their predictions because they're there in Chicago right now. I was going to say Duker's actually after the show, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he said apparently that uh, there wasn't too much uh, security, I guess, going on with all, I mean, with StarCast, and they just walked in. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe somehow uh, a little bit of breakdown in communication and everything going on there. There's so many people around. Um, They also posted a picture that uh, James's daughter, Claire, Got a, a picture with the young bucks and uh, one on each side, giving her a kiss on the cheek. Oh yeah, I saw that. If, my, if I ever catch my daughter doing something like that, I will kill them. <laughs> oh why? Why? It's uh, you had two guys sitting there kissing the, a girl. That that could be my. Uh, thank God my daughters don't follow wrestling. I tell you that much. <laughs> oh come on, it was all harmless. These it are the young. These are the young bucks. Like they were in a bed or anything. They were just. Right there in front of a screen. It was the Young Bucks. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this. Have you ever seen, you've obviously seen the Being, uh, Being the Elite series. Yeah. So I'll say two words, Papa Buck. That right there, there there's some kind of, um, I mean, that's potential, you know, father-in-law? No thanks. <laughs> but oh, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to see um, the scumbags in the Facebook group there. Um, uh, Duker, and then you've got uh, James and his daughter. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they had, or was it just her that had traveled over to, to Japan to see the G1 climax? Uh, yeah, somebody of their family was there. I thought James had gone also. Uh, J- I know James has taken Claire over there. Um, I think uh, Jake had mentioned that it was just one of James's kids that went over the G1 climax. So yeah, that would that'd be absolutely amazing. Huge. They're huge I mean, she, uh, followers. Yeah, she got to see, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Omega, Okada, uh, Ibushi, like, holy crap. Like, that's, you know, any any wrestling fan's dream come true as far as New Japan goes. And she obviously got to see the Young Bucks, which she seems uh, thrilled about on Facebook as well. So, Of course. So, uh, yeah, uh, for those who are tuning into this pro- uh, broadcast, this is episode number 20 of the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast uh we're joined with uh chris from the sharpshooter podcast we actually spent over two hours recording the sharpshooter podcast earlier this evening and yeah um i don't know if we're going to go as in-depth as that but i do encourage people to go over and check out the sharpshooter podcast uh probably is going to be more in-depth over there since we did take two hours um and we talked about everything from Smash Wrestling to All In. And I think I want to tackle the All In card right now. So that way, if by chance time eludes us and we can't get to anything else, we're getting our predictions in on this show for the All In card. All right. Very good. Uh, excited uh, again to go. So let's, uh, let's do this up. Yeah. I know I'll be watching it here at my house. I have. Uh, on the site uh, TV app, 
I'll be casting it to my big screen TV. Hopefully, I can have a couple of guys come on over and enjoy the show too. But it starts off on WGN America, and I don't know if uh, there's going to be any way that Canadians can get that because that seems to be a hard uh, channel to get, especially if you don't have cable. Hopefully, there's something online fight shows it. But it starts off with a tag team uh, match with the Briscoe brothers against uh, SoCal Uncensored, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. And I don't think any of the tag titles are in the line with this uh, one. So who do you see coming out with the uh, win? Uh, with regards to this one, if the titles are on the line, I think it'd be a different story. But I think uh, SCU takes this uh, simply just to continue the feud. I mean, the Briscoes are established. SCU is continuously being established. But I think taking this from all in or the you know, zero hour and leading it over to ROH to continue the feud over there, I think, I think that's what you're going to see happen. So I see SC, uh, SCU winning this one. Yeah, I'm going against you on this one. And I am picking the Briscoe brothers because, uh, oddly enough, it, it is a national broadcast, which is possibly bigger than what even ROH gets through Sinclair. And those two guys are insane. Um, so I think they're going to go all out. The fact that they have a lot of eyes watching them, whether they're the 10,000 who are in attendance and everybody's watching on flight and WGN, it's probably their biggest stage ever. And they're going to probably take it, is my guess. So yeah. then, I was just gonna say it's definitely gonna be an interesting match, and to know it's pretty much like you said for free on WG in America, it's absolutely amazing. So that takes us to the uh, second match that's been announced for the uh, zero hour uh, broadcast, and it's the over budget battle royal, and so it's going to feature fifteen uh, stars, and pretty much. As it says, it's over budget. They already spent everything they have for the main card. And then they just invite, kept on inviting more people. And so they are throwing them into this battle royal. And the winner of this battle royal, though, gets to face Jay Lethal for the ROH title. Currently listed, um, as of tonight, is uh, Jordan Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Cole Cabana, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Brandon Cutler, and Punishment Martinez, with four more spaces to be filled. Um, I think I just noticed something, though, that we discussed with potential fillers or spots. There wasn't another woman uh, listed on here. Do you see any uh, other woman being added to the uh, Battle Royal, or is Jordan Grace going to be the lone female? Well, I would say differently if, say for example, they didn't have that uh, four-way match taking place on the main card. Um, I just, nobody comes to mind. I mean, if it was just a regular card, I would probably say, you know, and there was no four-way match, I would say probably maybe Tessa Blanchard uh, would maybe, in, uh, you know, enter the, the Battle Royal there, but... Um, no, nah, I mean, right at this point, I can't, I can't see any other females other than Jordan Grace uh, being in that battle royal. Okay, so we have the 11 established. 
who do you think might fill any of the other four spaces? See, this is interesting because, like you you, you had said that we'd done the uh, two-hour show there. And based on the names listed, I would say Brian Cage. Uh, we're going to stick by that one. But then we got talking about, you know, who else and who else could be available and this and that. And there's so many other names out there. But, um, um, again, Brian Cage, if it's the 11, but if it's a mystery guy, uh, you know what? I'm going to say what I, what I last said on the, the previous show that we had just done. And I'm going to say Chris Jericho makes a surprise appearance and basically wins the Battle Royal and goes on to fight for the ROH Championship at, on the main card. I think that would be interesting. Definitely interesting. It would uh, put some eyeballs on the uh, event even more so than it already has. Um, my pick of the 11 was going to be Colt Cabana. Uh, he's Chicago's second favorite son next to, I guess, CM Punk. Um, but for as far as the Mystery 4 go, there has been talk that uh, Adrian Neville has been finally released from his WWE contract. He's been moved over to the alumni section. It'd be great to see him put in there, win the Battle Royal, face uh, Jay Lethal later on, and even the winner of the Lethal and that title match will go against Will Ospreay eventually in a upcoming uh, ROH card. So you also thought Osprey could be one of the four fillers but you never know. That's quit the battle royal with the four mystery uh, people going in there. With that said, the winner goes against Jay Lethal. Who do you think wins that match? Well, if it comes, you know what? If it comes, if it comes down to Jericho and Lethal, I don't see Jericho getting the title simply because he's still got New Japan commitments. Um, I can't see him being a double champion as long as he's New Japan champion. Um, if it comes down to Brian Cage, same thing. I think they're going to keep it on lethal. If it came down to, like, say, like a guy like Will Ospreay, um, yeah, for sure. I could see a new champion coming out of that because as of right now, I mean, Ospreay has fought in New Japan, but loyalty, allegiance-wise, there's not a lot towards any promotion that's North American-based. Uh, so Osprey, if he was, you know, if, if it was that match, yeah, for sure, new champion. But if it was my two picks, Jericho or uh, Brian Cage, no, Jay, uh, Jay Lethal's going over. Yeah, in my case, I yeah, I see Lethal dropping the title. I uh, can set up for a couple of more things to see if he gets it back before the Will Osprey match. Um, either way, whether it's Neville or Adrian Pock, whatever he wants to be called. Uh, if he is there and wins, I see him taking the title. And I could also see my pick of the 11 being Colt Cabana taking the title, especially in front of a uh, hometown crowd such as uh, Chicago. And he's been there for uh, StarCast. He's doing his podcast uh, during this weekend as well, live. And all of it does is that Dick's place on fight so we can move into the main card and well we already did with the Jay Lethal match there's the women's match with Madison Rain, Britt Baker Chelsea Green and Tessa Blanchard in a uh, four way 
Who do you see coming out of uh, that with the win? So, with regards to those names and based on uh, the trend right now that is uh, Tessa Blanchard, um, I don't see Tessa losing momentum at all. Uh, so, I got to say, yeah, Tessa Blanchard uh, for the win in this one. Um, and just to give you a little bit of backstory on something you had previously mentioned on another show, um, Britt Baker is associated with uh, Adam Cole from WWE. Uh, so I'm not sure indie-wise exactly what she does beyond, um, you know, say the all-in. And I don't think she's part of Rise or anything like that. Stand me if I'm corrected. But, yeah, she's, uh, you know, um, Adam Cole has been in affiliation with her in the past. Um, again, I don't think anything big is going on with regards to Chelsea or Madison or Britt. But with the momentum Tessa's got, especially after this week, where they finally televised the match of her winning the Impact Knockouts Championship, you know, um, yeah, Tessa for the win. Yeah, I was going to pick uh, Tessa as well. Uh, almost everywhere you look right now, uh, any independent wrestling card, you're going to find Tessa Blanchard on it. And sure enough, she, we saw her uh, with her deal with Impact. She's going to be at All In tomorrow night. And then we saw her just last week at uh, Smash. She's going to be here in London for Smash Wrestling. She does Destiny Wrestling. So everywhere you look, and that's just this area, she's showing up. And she's traveling all over the place. So, yeah, she has some momentum going on, and I see her winning. Uh, how about... The veteran Christopher Daniels against uh, Aerostar Stephen Amell. Um, no reason at all for Christopher Daniels to win if this is going to be con uh, continuance. Um, Daniels, very experienced in the business. I think the last being the elite or the all us uh, showing that they did on YouTube. Daniels had said like more than 20 years in the business. Amell, I think is his fourth match, his first singles match. Um, you know, especially with uh, Cody by his side and doing the training videos and this and that. Um, Amel seems like one of those guys, even though he's the Hollywood actor, he's going the exact opposite, say, the guys like John Cena and The Rock have, where he's coming out of Hollywood to go into the, you know, the wrestling business or trying to. Passionate about it. So um, I can't see any reason at all they put Daniels over in this one. Um, you know, he's, Daniels still got SCU and he's got the experience. But if they want to make something of Stephen Amel, uh, especially ROH or New Japan or the Bullet Club or whatever the case may be. Um, ML's going over in this one. Yeah, I agree with that. And Cody has a, a good relationship with him since uh, that all started uh, in WWE uh, a few years ago involving SummerSlam and Stardust and uh, Neville. And then Cody's on the uh, TV show with a bigger uh, role than he had before. So, yeah, Daniels loses nothing by losing this match, and it's a good uh, point for Stephen Amell, and well, if they want also media coverage, you have an actor coming into this uh, event, and it's definitely going to get the outside wrestling media to pay attention to this event. Moving on, we have a lot of matches still left with Bullet Club members all over the place. So we'll have Hangman Page in a Chicago street fight against the bad boy Joey Janela with uh, Penelope Ford in his corner. We just saw 
Joey this past Sunday with Smash. But who do you see coming out of this match with it being Chicago Street Fight rules? Uh, with Street Fight rules and uh, Janela being as nuts as he actually is, um, if you don't believe me, go check out YouTube and just type in Joey Janela. There's at least three different good videos on there of him just being like pretty much every guy in ECW all at once, uh, that hardcore style. Uh, in saying that, though, because Janela can go hardcore with the Chicago Street Fight and Adam Page being that next big superstar as far as uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, the Bullet Club goes, and especially with what's going on with the contracts of, say, Kenny Omega and stuff, good for business, best for business, as I guess WB used to call it, is to put Hangman Page over um, just in case, you know, there, there is a falling out at the very end of the year and uh, they can continue with a guy like Hangman Page or establish a guy like Hangman Page to be uh, top notch, you know. Um, much the same I did with like Kota Ibushi with regards to the G1 Climax. But, I, you know, Joey Janela's got his thing. He's not mainstay as far as any of the big promotions out there. I mean, he's doing his... Um, you know, WWN stuff and uh, MLW, and they're trying to get big. But, uh, I mean, on this show, on the all-in show, being promoted by Cody and the Young Bucks, yeah, hang that page. Yeah, I'm picking uh, Paige as well. Um, I will have to look back on YouTube to see uh, Janela's crazy uh, side. Because everything I've seen in Smash, unfortunately, doesn't live up to that. And I was hyped also before we saw him at the Northern uh, about him. And then he just seemed like a independent version of Brian Kendrick. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what you're saying. But I'm going with Hangman Page. Carrying on with more Bullet Club members. Marty Skrull takes on Okada. The villain versus Okada. Who do you see coming out of this match? The villain versus the Rainmaker. Um, pretty much anybody out there that's not familiar with Okada uh, beyond, you know, what they've seen, um, you know, locally, I guess. Um, Okada is basically the biggest name in New Japan. And much the same as, like, guys like Stone Cold and The Rock where they were pretty much – you know, well, I guess Stone Cold, for example, when he's back in WCW, nobody could predict that he was going to be that huge ass star. Okada is the same way. So to think about this huge superstar that pretty much remade the New Japan business over there, facing a guy like Marty Skrull, and Marty Skrull being as small as he is, you know, but he gets over with his gimmick. Nobody can predict Marty Skrull going over Okada. So uh, I'm going to go with what everybody else is saying the way the YouTube being in the elite videos are. And when I'm not going to laugh at the thought of Marty scroll, you know, beating Okada and saying good luck and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you're, you're dead. But um, I see them having a good match, but Okada is going to go over with the Rainmaker. Yeah. And this is where we differ on our predictions because I think Okada is an amazing uh, superstar. He's had great matches with Omega and everybody else, but, as you said, people are underestimating Marty Skrull. Uh, he has been coming up really big. He changed his gimmick. He's doing the whole uh, villain aspect. His costume coming out is reminiscent of the Penguin. 
I think he's going to be underestimated uh, by too many people, but pull out the victory. Uh, that brings us to the six-man tag involving Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito versus the Golden Elite with the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi. How do you see this one playing out? Well, there's the guys I, I, I wish Hope would win, and that would be the Golden Elite, uh, the Bucks in um, uh, Ibushi. But uh, then there's the, um, you know, the Booker part where it says that um, you're going to put over the three guys that you'd never probably see as a, a tag team or, you know, a, a six-man tag team in, you know, Bandito as well as uh, Phoenix and Rey Mysterio. So one time only, especially if the rumors are true about Mysterio going back to WWE because he won't be able to do shows like this. But um, anyways, I, I see the, uh, you know, Bandito, Mysterio, and uh, Phoenix going over. Um, you know, it's, it's Bucks and Ibushi are already established. Makes no sense to put them over, even though it's their show. So this will be the first of two matches where you see basically the promoters uh, uh, losing the match. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be an amazing high-flying match, uh, especially with the six people who are involved. But uh, in their end, I see the Golden Elite uh, taking this victory. I know it doesn't seem right because they are the promoters. It's their show. They have nothing to lose by uh, losing the match. But, you know, I can see them uh, going over. And if it, depending on where it's uh, positioned on the card, it could close out the uh, night and have everybody doing sort of the curtain call, like we saw in WWE, where they're thanking the fans and doing a lot of the final bows. Um, Kenny Omega takes on Pentagon Jr. What do you see happening in that match? Uh, this is one of those things where, again, I think the obvious takes place. Um, current IWGP heavyweight champion of the world taking on somebody who's just as talented as skilled as he is. But uh, the fact is there is a contrast in styles. Both hugely talented, and both guys are over. Um, you know, I had seen Pentagon on TV and heard about him and stuff, and then we saw him at the Impact tapings against Sammy Callahan. I was like, holy sh... Uh, you know, this guy is absolutely amazing. And then, but, I mean, it's Omega. And it's Omega as champion for New Japan, and it's Omega as the, you know, number one guy for the PWI Top 500. Uh, makes no sense to kill the momentum, much like Tess Blanchard style. Uh, so yeah, Omega with the win on this one. Yeah, well, for the same reasons, I'm picking Omega. He uh, just has so much going for him, and there doesn't seem to be a cap on his uh, career to start the downward point of it. Like he's onward and upward, and. Well, he's got the title this year, number one person. He can't seem to go wrong. And, yeah, Pentagon Jr., as great as he was when we saw him on Impact and those death matches with uh, Sam Callahan using Lego and everything, 
Um, yeah. Oh my god, it's just too much. And for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Nick Aldis takes on Cody with Brandy Rhodes in his corner. Who do you see taking this? There's so much history of the NWA. Uh, turning 70 years old this year, and that belt, and his father had it. Does he take, does Cody take the title, or does it just, unfortunately, not happen at this point? Um, can I use my same theory that I was talking about in the other show? Sure. All right, so here, here goes. This is, um, I mean, if this be, if this is accurate, I'll, I'll be, I'll be the first to be amazed, but, um, my theory is this. So you get the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and you got Nick Aldis and obviously Billy Corgan behind all of this and rebuilding the brand and making it mean something again, the 10 pounds of gold series. And all this is one of those guys, you know, as a wrestling fan looks like a champion. He dresses like a champion, acts like a champion, has, has helped NWA tremendously. On the other side of things, you got Cody, who his last name is Rhodes. I mean, Anybody who's ever grown up as a wrestling fan in the 80s, you got basically guys like Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage on the one side. On the other side, you had guys like Sting, Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and obviously Dusty Rhodes. And there's so much history. Even the, the name Starcast came from Starcade, which is a Dusty Rhodes thing. You know what I mean? So that history behind the NWA and Dusty and that title and his, flair, uh, his feud with Flair and everything else, obviously, as a wrestling fan watching All In, Watching Cody and the Young Bucks show, you want to see Cody go over. You want to see him holding that NWA title up in the air, you know, at the end of the show or during the show. But I would that would be the first thing I'd say would, would, would be exactly what I said as far as predictions go. But NWA released a statement this week saying that the 70th anniversary show is going to take place in October for the NWA. So, I mean what better spot to do it if you're not going to do it at all in, but the 70th anniversary show of the NWA having the second generation of Rhodes win that title. And it'd just be a closing moment for them and the Rhodes family to be able to do that on an anniversary show, celebrating the brand that Dusty represented. So in saying that after being long winded, I'm going to say this match goes to a draw. I'm going to say it goes to a count out or, you know, both men knock each other out, whatever the case may be. I think they're going to go all at it. Um, but yeah, I see a draw happening between the two of them and uh, whether or not it's a time limit thing or if there is a time limit, whatever the case may be, but I don't see Cody leaving all in with the title. Yeah. I'm, I have to go against you on this one. Once again, unfortunately it does mean the promoter goes over, but with everything that's been building up to this all in, the insult by Dave Meltzer saying that uh, an independent show couldn't book these and sell out that many people, and it has, and then it got bigger with StarCast and got on fight. And there's just so much build up that to have no title change and Cody ending the show somehow holding that title. I don't know if fans would uh, totally go for it. They're already all in, no pun intended, for this show. But I think that would be the capper for everybody and send them home happy. So I'm picking Cody to go with it. Um, as we've been saying, 
StarCast has been going on uh, all weekend long so far. And with the time that we're recording this, there's been a lot actually going on uh, with the whole thing. They started yesterday with the uh, Monday Night Wars debate with Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff. There was uh, Botchamania with Tony Schiavone on there. Today, they started with Busted Open Radio and Bully Ray. Medusa had her thing uh, with the ladies. Uh, there's a video game tournament. Uh, what happened uh, when Monday panel? There's been the total nonstop Jared. It just keeps on going. So many people, uh, so many former stars and current stars, a war game retrospective. And there's still more coming tomorrow before All In. What are you looking forward to seeing? What have you seen? What have you thought so far? Well, I, I tell you this. So as we've been uh, talking about All In and stuff, I've been uh, uh, you know, on the internet, um, different websites, Twitter, obviously, of course, uh, Right now, as we're talking, they're doing the roast of Bruce Pritchard. There's a picture on Twitter. Looks like Medusa on stage, X-Pac, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Bruce Pritchard sitting in this throne, same throne that Medusa was sitting in earlier today. And Bischoff's up on the mic. And somebody had quoted uh, Pritchard apparently saying, easy mother effing to uh, Eric Bischoff. So <laughs> that was part of the roast. But uh, I watched part of the Medusa thing today. She had Gail Kim on. And then followed that up with what happened when with Tony Schiavone and Conrad. Again, Medusa was on there, so some good stories. And then um, I'm a huge fan of wrestling journalism and journalists and the guys behind the scenes. So there was a, a special on earlier today, uh, I think four-star podcast or four-star panel or something like that. But uh, P, uh, Pro Wrestling Torch as well as the Wrestling Observer. So you had Alvarez, Meltzer, um, Bruce Mitchell, and then, uh, you know, obviously, um, oh, I can see his face. <laughs> Main guy for PW Torch, Wade Keller. Um, anyways, yeah, that's what happens when you do in three hours of podcast. But anyways, um, yeah, it looks like fun times. Um, again, Sean was saying StarCast all over the place right now. Um, you know, pretty much there's stuff for every wrestling fan. And he had told me about something earlier, and I was actually kind of looking it up. And as soon as we're done this, I'm going to check it out. But there's a video online of Marty Skrull singing Sexy Boy at StarCast Elite Karaoke. So uh, I want to talk about the villain. I want to see him sing Sexy Boy. (laughs) Yeah, he did that. And some Backstreet Boys, Celine Dion, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, So he he tops Sexy Boy by singing Celine Dion? Yeah. I I didn't make it that far. I've been checking in and out uh, to to work and all that. But yeah, I it can be kind of rough. Uh, for those who did uh, purchase the package or want to get individual shows at individual prices, tomorrow actually has uh, the all-in DDP yoga workshop starting at 8.30 in the morning. Post Wrestling's doing a uh, live podcast. There's a Remembering Andy Kaufman. Sean Waltman with uh, The Outsiders, Kevin Scott, doing... One, two, three, sixty, three, sixty degrees of the NWO. Death of WCW panel. Primetime wrestling live with uh, Sean Mooney, and uh, keeping it one hundred with Conan Disco and uh, the Hurricane. And then there's after party stuff. So like you're 
day is filled from 8.30 in the morning until 1 at night and 1 the next morning, all with StarCast and all in. So it's like an overload of wrestling this whole weekend, uh, analyzing the past, seeing the future. Uh, yeah, amazing for what has produced from that one insult from Dave Meltzer. So who I'm knows? Not- Oh, I've got something for you. I'm not, I'm not sure if you heard this, but um, apparently for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the match between Aldis and Cody Rhodes, take a guess who the referee is. Meltzer? Nope. Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner. Oh, are we going to get a uh, prediction on your side of things where Cody doesn't win the title and we now have you screwed Cody? <laughs> now, I, you know what? I, with them... Uh, you know, trying to bring back the prestige of the NWA and the NWA world title. No, it's not going to happen. But uh, it is interesting who they chose as referee for that, for that match, though. Yep, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, legends all over the place. So I can only imagine they might do some cut-ins to the audience, like an NXT where here's a new guy coming up in all in's case. Look at this legend, this legend, that one, that one. Like, the place is packed with them. Yeah, it's if you history. just one more note here, if you want to talk about legends, I'll read this little bur- a blurb for you. Uh, Dustin Rhodes tweeted to message to his brother, wishing him the best. Uh, hey, little brother, I want to wish you the very best as you go all in and fight for the coveted NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the world is watching you, and what you have done is incredible. Try to enjoy the magic created. I love you all in. Be at home watching. So that's from Dustin. That's awesome. Uh, uh, for two guys who really didn't grow up together because of the age difference, and uh, I'm pretty sure they have two different mothers and everything, uh, they definitely got close as they uh, ended up working for Vince in WWE. And he must be so proud of seeing his brother doing this because, unfortunately, his career never led him to any world title uh, championships in either WCW or WWE, but now you have Cody doing everything he's doing, promoting like his dad. Like it has to be a huge moment for the Rhodes family. Yeah, I mean, you think probably one of Dustin's greatest moments was winning the you know tag team championships with Cody with his dad present there. But um, I mean, if you think about it, if somebody were to ask. A year or two years ago, do you ever see Cody Rhodes Stardust promoting a show that's going to sell at a 10,000-seat arena in Chicago? Man, people think you're on crack or looking at you like you're nuts. Yeah, unimaginable. And it just shows that there is business to be had outside of the WWE brand and logo. Um, it's been sorely missed since WCW closed its doors and even ECW had to shut down. And the wrestling fans are there, and we've seen it even here in Ontario with the boom of independent wrestling. So hopefully one day there will be somebody who can maybe not directly compete with WWE, but give a strong alternative that people can uh, bank on TNA, even with its ups and downs, it has actually survived longer than ECW and WCW did. But 
they've just had inconsistencies that haven't made them strong to be around in a serious capacity. So that is our all-in and StarCast uh, preview and predictions. Uh, we'll get back to some other news of WWE and a little cap on our adventure to Smash Wrestling this past weekend with some quotes that happened with Sebastian Suave. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hey guys, we're looking to make a big splash at the Canusa Classic happening during London Comic Con. Show your uh, scumbag colors by going to twistedmerch.com where Twisted Tees is going to be selling our t-shirts. You can get the original Scumbags of Wrestling logo shirt based off the WWF Superstars of Wrestling logo. There's also the Scumbags of Wrestling Raw is War inspired logo. Plus, brand new to the collection is our Scumbags of Wrestling podcast logo based on the Survivor Series Get your t-shirts now for $25. If you order directly through me, I'll save you the shipping and handling, and I'll donate some of the uh, proceeds to Cody Diener's latest Giver for Charity event. So be sure to get your t-shirts in time for Comic-Con during October 26th to 28th at Go to Twisted Tees at twistedmerch.com support the scumbags of wrestling support this podcast and support Cody Diener's gear for charity It's the best day of your life, because the realest guy in the room is coming to the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Meet wrestling superstar and rapper Eric Arndt, formerly known as Enzo Amore, now known as The Real One, appearing Saturday and Sunday. The 5th Annual London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca, happens this October 26th and 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Come meet from Star Trek The Next Generation, Marina Sirtis, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, James Marsters, Ted Raimi from Xena Warrior Princess, the Yellow Peril Ranger, Serena Vincent, the young Boba Fett from Star Wars Episode Two, Daniel Logan, from They Live, David Keith, from They Live, Keith David. Mr. McFreely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, David Newell. And former UFC star and WWF Intercontinental Champion, Ken Shamrock. Plus more announcements still to come. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Thanks to super partners, Start.ca, M&T Printing, Lens Mill Stores, Heroes Comics, Toboggan Brewing, Western Fair District, and media partners, London's Best Rock FM96, 
Classic Rock, Free 98.1, and Fanatics. London Comic Con, October 26th to 28th. are still on sale and I will be bringing to life that infamous night from 1998 when I walked down the aisle a man returned a legend you won't want to miss it I'll be talking about it probably exaggerating the tales but I'll be doing it right there in London on September 7th yeah realmcfoley.com your place to go for tickets and information that's right on Friday September 7th the London Music Hall Summer Camp Productions and Bogart Entertainment present Mick Foley, 20 Years of Hell, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, WD Hardcore Superstar. Climb on board the 20 Years of Hell tour for a thrill ride 20 years in the making. As Mick Foley, professional wrestling's hardcore legend, takes audiences on an in-depth look at the most famous match of his Hall of Fame career and perhaps the most talked about match in sports entertainment history. With its trademark blend of wit and wisdom, wildness and warmth, that shot of two of his memoirs to the top of the New York Times bestsellers list, Foley will use every tool in his arsenal, dozens of classic promos, hundreds of hours on stage, thousands of matches, and almost a million published words to weave a spellbinding web of stories designed to take fans along for the journey back to... June 28th, 1998, the night of the infamous Hell in a Cell match. It was the night that Foley somehow survived two spine-rattling falls off and through the ominous cell structure, shrugging off a stint of unconsciousness and finishing the match with a front tooth lodged in his nose. Finding humor in the most unlikely of places, 20 years of hell, brings the laughs but is much more than just a comedic one-man show. He will make you feel like you were there, right there, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, watching history write itself. By equal turns of laughs, out loud, funny, stunning, and surreal, and heartwarmingly real, 20 Years of Hell is one of the lifetime chances you hear wrestling's finest storytellers talking about the night he walked down the aisle a wrestler and walked away a legend. Each show begins with Mick's recollection of wrestling in the town he was performing in and will conclude with a candid 30 to 45 minute Q&A where all subjects is fair game. Tickets are available now. At limited VIP seats are available too. 8pm at the London Music Hall.
Hey, and we're continuing with the 20th episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We still have uh, Chris online. How's it going still, Chris? I'm good. I had to uh, had to check with my wife to make sure she's okay. Apparently, the uh, Blue Jays traded Josh Donaldson to Cleveland, so and she was a huge uh, Donaldson fan. So no more bringer, bringer of rain in Toronto. So you need to uh, console the wife for a couple minutes? No, she's uh, she's playing some game on her uh, iPad, so I think she's fine right now. Ah, it, she got over it quick. Uh, I think she saw it coming with all the media reports the past month or so. So understandable. And they are trying to rebuild. Who knows? Maybe they'll get some of them back in the off season. Could be just one of those situations. So we'll move on to some WD news. Um, it was announced uh, this past weekend with uh, SummerSlam just finishing up. Uh, they came to Toronto for Raw and SmackDown, and Toronto is going to get uh, SummerSlam next year, which will include NXT uh, access at the convention center, uh, SummerSlam, Raw, and uh, SmackDown Live. So from August 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, at the Scotiabank Center, or Arena, formerly known as the Air Canada Center uh, in Toronto. And, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on the fact that SummerSlam is coming to Canada again? Um, I think it's absolutely amazing. I think downside is how much of a dent is it going to put in my bank account. But, um, I mean, I haven't been to a pay-per-view in a while uh, last I mean, I think maybe one of the last pay-per-views I went to was WrestleMania 18, and that was like, geez, almost um, almost 20 years ago. We're getting up there. But um, to know how far the WWE's come, say, if, for example, in the last 20 years, uh, to know, you know, SmackDown, how big they've, you know, they've become, Raw, uh, the access. I even remember when I was at WrestleMania 18, the access uh, – Saturday I went to and it was like, holy crap, this is amazing displays and talent on hand. And you pay the price for admission and people much less, much like, um, you know, StarCast taking place, you pick and choose who you want to see. So, I mean, I guarantee I'm a huge fan of NXT. So if there's NXT guys at Axis, I'm going to probably wait in line to get their autographs, get my pictures taken with them before, say, like a guy like even like Roman Reigns, you know. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Uh, like I said, uh, huge uh, payout for the WWE. Um, huge thing for the city of Toronto because we're going to have fans coming from all over the world for this one. Uh, two things I'm looking forward to the most would be uh, the access. Um, close second, obviously, NXT TakeOver taking place. But SummerSlam, like, you know, it's the biggest or the, the, the biggest show of the summer, as WWE puts it. So be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully it's a better SummerSlam than we saw this year. But uh, I know you're probably looking forward to it as well there, right, Sean? Yeah, my predictions weren't that great this year, admittedly. But, you know, I was thinking my logic, not WWE logic. And so as soon as you start doing your own logic, it's out the window. Um, I think it's going to be awesome for Toronto getting NXT like this. Um, while you were talking, I just got thinking the fact that that's the same weekend as uh, the – ending of the New Japan uh, Climax shows, and so they're going to be on the same weekend, but I'm not sure if it's totally because of that that they're doing it with competition-wise and trying to 
get in on the New Japan thing or block the attention because there is a 12-hour difference between uh, Toronto and Japan. So I don't see it interfering that way. But I'm trying to remember when the new contracts for TV kick in in 2019, if that might have affected it going back a week. Because with the dates being the 10th through 13th, being a Saturday to Tuesday, that still has SmackDown on Tuesday nights, and it's supposed to possibly move to Friday nights when it goes to Fox. Do you think that whole thing might have caused the backing up of a week or two for uh, SummerSlam in Toronto, or is just the uh, way booking for the arena fell with hockey and uh, basketball starting up? Well, I tell you this. So as far as what you commented with regards to New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, we had saw the impact tapings on that Sunday. And to me, it was New Japan was closing out that weekend. And it didn't make an, a, you know, an effect on me as a wrestling fan because of the fact of, like you said, the time difference in between Japan and Canada or North America in general. You know, So when I was doing the scheduling for G1 Climax and, and doing that for my website and stuff like that, I was noticing the time difference. And there was most of the times it was like 5.30 in the morning where New Japan would start playing, you know, that day of G1. But there was other times it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And it was like, okay, well, I either have to get up really early and watch this or I have to basically try to stay up really late to watch this. Um, that being said, SummerSlam, I will, if G1 Climax is falling on that weekend, and it's SummerSlam taking place and Access and uh, NXT TakeOver and the finals of the G1 Climax, I will do the best I can to try to stay up late. I mean, that's why they've created five-hour energy. Um, with regards to the contracts for SmackDown and Raw, from what I understand, I think it's October of next year it kicks in. So why they've gone to such an early date for SummerSlam, I'm not entirely sure because I think August the 11th is the actual date. But um, who knows? I mean, they're the machine. They're the powerhouse. They are, there is a reason why I think the last 24 hours I checked the stock and it's up to $89 a share. I mean, they're doing absolutely phenomenal right now. And uh, yeah, Considering at one point it was down as low as like 17 or less uh, within like six months ago or whatever. And yeah. it skyrocketed. Um, but... Maybe, like I uh, had said, it could be due to the hockey schedule uh, with the Leafs uh, starting uh, training camps and stuff at the end of August. And so having the building, especially for that four days, they had to back it up or it would have gone somewhere else. Yeah, well, I, I know I had posted on your, your Facebook group there because I caught wind of it, but uh, Dave Meltzer had said that there was four cities in the running for SummerSlam and LA was one of them and LA got nixed. Um, so there was down to three. And I think one of them was Dallas or Houston. The other one was Philadelphia. And then the last one was Toronto. And then obviously, you know, Toronto gets it. So, um, you know, the way the WB is now and the amount of money that they have and the amount of money that they're worth, any city that they go to, especially with this type of weekend, they're going to bring in a lot of money for that city. I mean, you see how much they bring in for a WrestleMania weekend. And SummerSlam's getting just to be about that big. I mean, people aren't afraid to open up their wallets for a product or the ability to 
meet their favorite stars or to see their favorite stars close up. There's a coworker I used to work with that just dropped a couple, probably $500 at least to meet Kurt Angle and then Triple H and then AJ Styles. And that, I mean, that was just uh, at the um, Fan Expo that took place. So I can imagine how much wrestling fans will be investing in SummerSlam next year. Exactly. And uh, they've learned how to capitalize uh, much like the NFL with uh, Super Bowl of going to take their major uh, four pay-per-views and going to a city for four days or five days, depending on with it being WrestleMania, including the Hall of Fame, and making a big moneymaker for the city and themselves by just staying in one place for that uh, length of time. Some people can face burnout, but for the ultimate fan, that is a huge experience for them to spend all four days doing four days of wrestling. I know when SummerSlam was here in 2004, uh, my friend and I actually hit SummerSlam in Toronto, came to London for uh, Raw, and then we went to Hamilton for SmackDown, just so we had all three days. Now people don't have to go back and forth and up and down the highway. They can stay in one place and do that. Well, l- let me ask you this as a WB fan, because you were at Survivor Series that took place in Toronto. No, I missed that one. Oh, you missed that one. Yeah, Survivor Series is still something that has eluded me. I've been to a Royal Rumble in uh, Pittsburgh. I did uh, WrestleMania in Toronto and Detroit and SummerSlam in Toronto. I've done uh, Over the Limit in uh, Detroit, but have yet to make it to a uh, Survivor Series. All right, so bucket list then. Yep. (laughs) So uh, carrying on with some WWE stuff, I guess two of the major things that came out of the uh, SummerSlam event were... The, how WWE's treating Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. So, starting off with Roman, he won the title. They had Braun Strowman at ringside, sort of teasing him cashing in, and it took away the heat that could have gone on to the match with Roman and Brock, and ultimately he didn't cash in, and now the next day, the Shield's back together, protecting Roman from getting uh, cashed in on. Now it looks like uh, Braun has turned heel and is joining up with Dolphin Drew for some unknown reason. The man of... Uh, the monster among men actually pairing up with people. I don't know if it's believable. If people will actually fall for Braun as the heel. What's your take on all that going on in that uh title picture well it's ironic that wwe uh this past week was in toronto uh for smackdown and raw and the old school ways of jerry the king lawler used to be on there and calling toronto brazaro world because they would cheer you know cheer for the heels and boo the faces and you know way back to the days of Shawn michaels versus bret hart and uh when bret came to canada he was like complete god and when he went to the states completely booed that's what I feel is going on with at least three of the guys, and, and Sean had mentioned all three in the WB right now, like Braun Strowman, 
should be a face, and he could have been a huge babyface champion, but they decided against it, at least for the time being. I mean, they aligned him with, uh, you know, uh, McIntyre and Ziggler. I can't stand Ziggler. I mean, he's just, a, to me, every time he's on TV, I'm like, okay, well, you know, when's the segment going to be over? Then they've got Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte Flair should be going off her name. When you think about names, you think about the guys like Cody Rhodes and the Rhodes family, you know, or, um, you know, Charlotte Flair and, and what she's doing. Um, she should, to me, always be a heel. She shouldn't try to be a face. Ric Flair did so well as a, a heel back in the day. This is his daughter. She should be playing the same character. And then you got Roman Reigns. And Reigns is one of those guys that everybody wants to boo, but yet he's never won in merchandise sales right now. And there's no John Cena. I mean, Cena's coming back maybe once or twice a year. So what do you do? Put them back together with the shield. One week they look like they're heels. The next week they're faces. Um, again, Reigns is one of those guys for, just like Cena, years, it seemingly it seems that uh, they've wanted to turn him heel. The fans have been saying, turn this guy heel, turn this guy heel. And they keep him as a baby face. Well, you talk about what's going on as far as face versus heel. And I saw two match predictions that could turn out to be reality for WrestleMania next year. One of them features Roman Reigns taking on The Rock. Whether or not the title's on the line, who knows? But who do you put his baby face and who do you put his heel? But uh, like I said, Jerry the King Lawler put it best. Right now it's Bizarro World, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. And who's the next guy to turn? You talk about uh, Becky Lynch, um, fan favorite. But to me, that first promo she did on SmackDown kind of was like, okay, where's this going? This is interesting. So I guess uh, time will tell, but um, I don't know. Jerry King Lawler said Bizarro World. Yeah, there's just like too many shades of gray uh, aspects going on. And wrestling is at its best when it's good guy versus bad guy. Good guy gets wronged and has to come back and get the win. And everybody's happy and the bad guy perishes for his misdoings. But changing somebody heel and face for no apparent reason and people aren't buying into it, how do you progress with that? And like fans want to boo Roman or at least the male fans or like how the John Cena effect. John Cena, I said before in one of our shows, it's hard to turn him heel when he does all those things with Make-A-Wish. But if you also look back, you have Rock, who came in as white meat babyface, Rocky Maivia. People hated. He turned heel. He started getting character, which then people loved, and now you really can't turn him heel because he turned face, and he's one of those guys that you just can't boo anymore. And in the case of Roman, people might need to boo him just so he can get some character like how Dwayne did and then be the ultimate face. It happened with John Cena. He came in his white meat baby face, ruthless aggression guy against Angle and then started doing the arrogant rapper thing. And eventually that got over and they had to turn him face. And he hasn't looked back since. Like, sometimes that formula works. And then there's times that Vince refuses to go with it. Or, as we just said, you just turn Becky Lynch heel for no apparent reason. Because everybody was backing Becky. 
to get her title shot, they insert Charlotte and start that little seed of dissension. But the crowd reaction when she finally snapped on Charlotte, people loved it. They saw the fact that she got wronged and standing up for herself and finally showing some fire, like she's straight fire Becky Lynch. And they booed Charlotte for winning and holding the title. Yet then you get presented on TV in the opposite roles. You said, Charlotte is a better heel. Becky is the ultimate female underdog next to Bailey, how she was, but especially for the SmackDown side. And people want to back her up. Yet you turn her? I don't see it flying. And I don't know how they're going to get themselves out of this sort of mess because the fans are still going to go the other way and cheer who they want, regardless of presentation. Yeah. Is there a solution? I was just saying, can I make two more points here? Yeah. So first point that comes to mind is you talk about Toronto and wrestling, WWE, uh, WrestleMania. So WrestleMania 6, Hogan versus Warrior. Hogan was their guy, just like Roman Reigns is their guy. But there were fans out there, including yourself, because I know this, that hated Hogan. You pretty much probably, you know, cheer for anybody that was going against Hogan. The same way fans right now are cheering anybody against Roman Reigns. And then you had the Ultimate Warrior fans. I was one of those guys. And then you had those guys that weren't sure of what to do because, like, fans that weren't sure what to do because here you had good guy versus good guy and, and where do I stand? And that's a lot what's going on with the WWE nowadays. What they should be doing is listening to the fans. And when I say that is WrestleMania 18. And WrestleMania 18 was Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. And in that match, if you go back even to watch it nowadays, you can see the fans getting behind Hogan. And Hogan pretty much becoming a face that entire match and The Rock becoming a heel. Well, they didn't turn The Rock right away. They kept him. But what they did was listen to the fans. So when they came out in Montreal the very next night, Hogan was cheered. And if they had done what they're doing now, they would have said, you know, screw you to the fans. It was one night. Hogan is NWO. We're going to keep him as a heel. We're going to play out the storyline that we sat around eating Chinese food creating. And we're going to go with it regardless of what you fans think. And that right there is what's missing from the WWE nowadays. Should Becky Lynch be a heel? Probably not. But are they going to go with it? Yeah, because it's, like I said before, it's, they're making so much money right now. They do whatever the heck they want to. So it's, as a wrestling fan, it's kind of tough to be a WB fan watching this. But one of the wrestling journalists who had listened to he goes, WB has so much money and they are who they are that they'll put out a product every week. And you're going to watch it and you have no say over it. Where the independent scene is the exact opposite right now. You want to see two guys face off against each other. And it's going to happen because you as a wrestling fan want to see it. So I think the WB partially have their heads up their butts right now. But um, whether or not they, you know, what, what they do about it, how they come out of this, especially as you were saying, Sean, and what I think about Survivor Series and the rumor of the four horsemen women versus the four horsewomen, how do you get Becky and Charlotte on the same page again to be able to fight the four MMA girls? I can see it happening uh, at Evolution, uh, even – uh, somehow that they, like we talked about on uh, Smash, good friends, better enemies. And so it, when they're in peril, they'll stick up for each other. But then when that's not happening, there's that in, 
inner jealousy that goes on. Uh, it could happen that uh, evolution, they get back together somehow just to be on the same page to fend off the MMA for horsewomen. As they kind of set that up last year uh, during Survivor Series weekend and everything, but then didn't do anything with it. Or during the May Young Classic, they set that up uh, with the girls in the audience and backstage. So eventually they will pull the trigger and they can get on the same page that way. Um, yeah. It's just odd to be a fan because you got big corporations like uh, Fox and all that throwing money at WWE so they don't care what they're doing. But then the stock might lower because if fans aren't happy, you know they're the ones paying for, uh, the stock prices uh, to keep that uh, side of things going. So hopefully there we'll find a balance and fans will be listened to and go forward with that. Um, one of the other things that happened this week was uh, Monday, Jason Sensation, former uh, star, I guess, and on the independent circuit, he appeared a couple times on Raw and doing imitations. He did the Owen Hart imitation when the nation uh, were mocked by DX. He also appeared in part of the Wrestling with Shadows documentary as one of the fans of Bret Hart. But he tweeted Monday that uh, he had gotten a gun through security uh, and he was going to shoot himself in the head and kill himself during uh, the edition of Monday Night Raw and then quoted Billy Red Lions with, don't you dare miss it and thanks for the memories at WWE. Um, I guess some were alerted by this they went searching the arena for him. They didn't make too much of a panic because they didn't want people upset about it, even though those who saw it were upset. Even you posted it on our uh, page, and I know it kind of uh, unnerved a couple of the guys like Gordon who were nervous to watch the show because God knows what's going to happen, especially since it was live. But it turns out Jason wasn't even in the arena. He was at home. Police found him, and they got him back to the hospital or whatever for help. He gets suffers from depression, and just an interesting situation, I guess, for attention or whatever it may be. And then the next day, he posted, "I've been detained by police and forced to stay in the hospital after sending out that awful, thoughtless tweet last night." I honestly wasn't thinking uh, straight. I sincerely. Uh, I'm sincerely sorry and apologize to everyone and anyone who this affected, especially my loved ones. So, interesting situation. What's your take on what Jason did and how things got dealt with? All right. So, usually on the Monday nights for my website, usually get on Twitter just to uh, you know uh, promote what I think is relevant and I, on Raw and everything else. So I'm on Twitter. And the next thing you know, I see this, you know, the, it pretty much letting up that of a Jason sensation and the comment that he made that Sean just referred to. And I'm thinking to myself, I see a small picture of Jason sensation. I was like, that is not the same guy. Like this is, I met Jason sensation back in Hamilton in 88, not 88, 98, the in your house event. 
and uh, complete different. I obviously, but I looked at this guy's bald head with like a look like a soul patch or goatee or whatever the case may be. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I go to the Twitter profile, and sure enough, there's the post, and there's his picture, and then underneath his picture talks about who he is and what he's done, and, and you know, mental illness and depression, and everything else. So I was like, and I looked at the amount of followers he had. He's like eleven thousand followers. Like, holy crap, this is legit. So as, you know, as somebody who's concerned, um, I, I followed a lot of the other fans and I had tagged the Toronto police. I had tagged, I think, the WWE. I had tagged, um, you know, Scotiabank Arena. Then I went on to tag a bunch of the members of the wrestling media, including, like, say, Post Wrestling and John Pollock and everything else, letting them know what's going on. Thinking to myself, you know what, this, whatever the case may be, if, if it is serious, this needs to be dealt with. Sure enough, I'm following this for the next hour. And as Sean was saying, there's people on his board that are worried and concerned. And I'm watching Raw that night and, and I'm tense. I'm like, when is this guy going to do it if this is, you know, the real case? So anyways, people like Vince Russo got involved. Um, you know, everything eventually got dealt with. But it was like a holy crap moment. Like, you know, and to know he wasn't even at the arena is, is one thing. So as a wrestling fan, you're PO'd because you should not be doing this as anybody with a mental illness because we don't know you as a person. We see what we see online, but we don't know how serious you are about making a comment like that. Whatever the case may be, this guy went from making a comment to having 11,000 followers to having people tagging the Toronto police in this to having his account suspended on Twitter, his Facebook page removed. He had the police showing up at his house uh, calming the situation has been dealt with. And then I didn't know about this, but Sean commenting with regards to him going to the hospital. I mean, all because he decided to seek attention as one of the members of the scumbags of wrestling uh, had said, you know, and, and this was what he did. This guy, not relevant in business for 20 years, and all of a sudden decides to make a post or a joke about that. I tell you this, if I see something like that, and I know I'm at the arena for, uh, for that show, I'm concerned, I'm worried, I'm looking for this guy. Apparently, a lot of the fans and a lot of the guys at the arena had no idea what the hell was going on, but they saw cops looking around for, for Jason Sensation. So whether or not it was a you know, publicity stunt to get, his known, to get his name known in 2018 is completely stupid. Um, I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope he continuously takes medication for the rest of his life. And, you know, if this is the case of what he did, um, you know, if he's notorious for it, then, you know, if he's going to be notorious for doing something like that, then ban him from social media. Um, it's scary stuff. And, you know, if, if I'm at a show with my kids, I'm out of that arena. I'm like, I'm not taking any chances because it's like I said, I had no idea that Jason Sensation had changed that much in 20 years. So he could have been in that arena uh, sitting right beside me and not knowing who the hell the guy was, just thinking maybe he looks familiar. Next thing you know, he's blowing his brains out. So it's definitely a scary situation. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of messed up how people can get in that situation. And hopefully he does find that help. Uh, it's just horrible that he ended up doing that, uh, especially with the amount of people that can be in that arena. And you never know who's next to you and what's going to happen. And definitely takes away from the enjoyment of what wrestling is supposed to be. A show to be at, and you got somebody posting that. Like, thankfully, he wasn't there, and nothing did happen. But 
just a needless situation, and once again, hopefully it gets help. You, uh, uh, I, was, I was just going to say, you mentioned it best on the last podcast that we did with regards to Smash being a fi- uh, family environment, and you think the WWE being the same way. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, interesting time as well for WWE, that they're promoting three shows at the same time. You have Hell in Cell, Super Showdown, and Evolution all being promoted and trying to weave in uh, two programs that people might be having uh, in two different shows. I guess Alexa Bliss was able to do it this past week really well when she talked about wanting to go for her belt against Ronda, but also preparing for her match against uh, Trish. But I don't know how often they can do that. And Super Showdown seems to only be getting promo for uh, Taker and uh, Hunter until, I guess, Hell in a Cell is done, even though they do have matches lined up. Yeah, what do you think of their their attempt to do three shows that, uh, promoted at the same time? Um, <laughs> it's not like they haven't oversaturated the market enough as it is. Um Somebody said it best today. I mean, there's other options out there besides the WWE. Um, it doesn't mean as a wrestling fan, you're not always going to follow WWE because if you grew up with it, it's it's just there and you know it's there and you know Mondays, Tuesdays and Sundays a lot of the times and even NXT on Wednesdays, it's always on TV, you know. Um, three pay-per-views, three big events taking place all at once. I mean... And, I mean, truthfully, there's four because you've got basically Super Showdown taking place, Hell in a Cell taking place, Evolution taking place, and then the Mae Young Classic leading into um, Evolution. So all I can say as far as being excited about it, I haven't really seen a lot to do with, say, Hell in a Cell I'm excited about yet. Um, I'll switch over to Super Showdown. You're right about that. It's all about Undertaker versus Triple H. Um, the second match down on the official website has the Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. Not, I mean, no excitement right there. Um, looks like they're doing a lot of builds maybe towards the Evolution pay-per-view because fourth match down, you've got Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins taking on the Riot Squad. Previously rumored has Ronda Rousey taking on Nikki Bella at Evolution. Um, biggest match on Showdown that I've seen that looks interesting is uh, Cedric Alexander taking on Buddy Murphy, which should be pretty cool. And then, I mean, Evolution and Mae Young are all intertwined, but, I mean, I know what the finals are. I'm not going to spoil for anybody, but the finals of the Mae Young Classic, to me, as well as the Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy match, are probably the two I want to see the most because it's new. Everything else is just, it's the same continuance and, um, I know I said they're doing well as far as how much they're worth, but when you check out their ratings on a regular basis, they're not doing that great. Yeah, it, it's that weird balance. And uh, as you said, with ratings, how, how did they score the amount of money that they're getting thrown at them for shows that are not pulling in the viewers that they had during the Attitude Era? So... Yeah, that wraps up our WWE talk. We'll be back in just a moment to wrap up with our final thoughts on Smash Wrestling and uh, look forward to the rest of this weekend with All In and StarCast. We'll be back in a second.
is the game, Triple H. The WWE truly is a global phenomenon. The WWE Universe exists in more than 800 million homes worldwide and speaks over 25 languages. But Australia has been a home away from home for WWE for over 30 years. In 2002, though, we broke ground when I competed in a historic main event against The Rock and Brock Lesnar at the Global Warning Pay-Per-View. And now, I am truly honored and privileged to be able to announce WWE's long-awaited pay-per-view return to the land down under. WWE Super Showdown will take place in Melbourne, Australia at the iconic Melbourne Cricket Ground on Saturday, October 6th, live on the WWE Network. And we are bringing our biggest and best WWE superstars from both Raw and SmackDown Live, including John Cena, Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman, Charlotte Flair, AJ Styles, The New Day, Daniel Bryan, and the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Not to mention my opponent at WWE Super Showdown, the one and only, the phenom, The Undertaker. It has been six long years since one of the greatest rivalries in WWE history was said to be dead and buried. But legends, legends never die. The Undertaker and I have some unfinished business. And WWE Super Showdown, The Undertaker will once again know why I am the cerebral assassin. But Undertaker, I promise you, this is no game. So Melbourne, Australia, there's just one thing left to ask. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. If you're looking to get into the wrestling business, check out the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. This school is located right here in London, Ontario, Canada. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers around. It's located at 309 Exeter Road. And it's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 6 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. I'd like to thank Chris uh, Maloney for being a part of uh, this First two parts of our podcast. Unfortunately, we ran out of time to talk about Smash. We are going to get to it uh, in our next episode. There's a lot to talk about with the fallout from uh, Super Showdown and uh, do our Smash calendar. However, with the importance of uh, the all-in card and everything, we're going to get this out so everybody can hear it before it goes online. So you can check out Chris with his Sharpshooter podcast at thesharpshooter.ca and check him out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always find pictures from him. And uh, the Short Shooter podcast is also available on SoundCloud and Stitcher. So thank you, Chris. 
And I'd also like to thank Jake and... Correction. I'd like to thank James, Claire, and Nathan for sending in the following two reports with StarCast and their preview and predictions for All In. Enjoy their commentary. I'd like to thank Chris uh, Maloney for being a part of uh, this first two parts of our podcast. Unfortunately, we ran out of time to talk about Smash. We are going to get to it uh, in our next episode. There's a lot to talk about with the fallout from uh, Super Showdown and uh, do our Smash calendar. However, with the importance of uh, the all-in card and everything, we're going to get this out so everybody can hear it before it goes online. So you can check out Chris with his Sharpshooter podcast at thesharpshooter.ca and check him out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always find pictures from him. And uh, the Sharpshooter podcast is also available on SoundCloud and Stitcher. So thank you, Chris. And I'd also like to thank Jake and... Correction, I'd like to thank James, Claire, and Nathan for sending in the following two reports with StarCast and their preview and predictions for... All in. Enjoy their commentary. Yeah, make, make no when we when we uh, we pulled into the the the, the hotel the Hyatt, where the Hyatt, Hyatt. the Hyatt where the Starcast yeah. was, and you know, and the parking lot was friggin' packed. It was unbelievable. This is Friday, like t- yeah, fucking one one thirty. Uh, uh, yeah, it was mid, you know early to mid afternoon. Uh, so at this point, I don't. I mean, I don't know when Starcast began. Uh, time-wise, probably 11 a.m., pro- I would yeah, assume. Yeah, I would have uh, It was definitely under full swing. There were lineups, you know, for Farking for the, the events pro- going on. Fucking Nick Aldis had a fucking lineup that was right out the fucking door. Of, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, we decided uh, to crush... A couple of beers before going in, just to you literally, know, a little loosey goosey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we crushed them for sure. Uh, thankfully, it was because of, because it was in a hotel. It, I mean, we walked around with our beverages, so yeah. that's always a plus. That's a huge plus if you're having a convention in a hotel. Uh, nine times out of ten, as long as you're not necessarily outside or off the the limits per se, if you're behaving yourself, um, the hotel staff are very accommodating. Uh, to people who choose to drink maybe outside liquor on the premise. Uh, and in this case, you're looking at thousands of people pouring money into a hotel and a convention. Why would they want to mess with that? But let's get into this thousands of people because that worked to our advantage. We fucking go. Yeah. Uh, and the first order of business in a convention you go to, you try to like buy a ticket because we knew we had a single day charge to get in there. Yeah, we knew it was $20 and to get a, in. There was, there there was a main entrance, back entrance. <laughs> As convention. And not that I was trying to fucking steal money from the show, but literally we just no walked, and because we didn't knew where the fuck we were going, or it looked like we semi were in the know, we just walked past everybody. And I kept on like I was. We were there for a good while before I'm like, no one's even asking us for money yet. Yeah, we met up with your friend who I think was Ryan, making yeah. the the documentary. Yeah. Uh, well into the hotel before. I mean, before we necessarily, he was one of the first people we saw. Yeah, and and um, there was a main section, but in the first entrance, which is free for anyone, which nobody even was enforcing, was no like the, the whole row of like independent wrestlers, like by the fucking dozens of them. Yeah, even fucking Billy Gunn was fucking down there. And, yeah, uh, he was yeah. hanging out. Yeah, and uh, he was mixed in that section, and they just anyone could fuck. You could be the fucking uh, ring boy or the elevator guy and mm-hmm. fucking walk right up to him. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it was it was interesting in that. 
because there was so much going on in in what felt I think a part of it had to do with all the lineups and just it, it was a very congested uh, hotel is way too small yeah not, not laid yeah. out properly for yeah the, the layout is uh, is not to the size of what this convention and is the, and the size of the fucking attendees yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. We're, we're talking about I mean when you attach a convention to a show like this obviously a fucking gonna, t-shirt and 5XL a we're dealing, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, dealing, yeah. We're dealing with fucking next level uh, vendor wise I think uh, what I saw the vendors were all cool I bought a couple of things for my kids there which is which is great I bought an inflatable garbage can and an inflatable chair that uh, kids can have hardcore matches with but there was some some really good t-shirts I yeah, think that uh, you Japan. guys saw uh, I don't know if any of you guys follow homing mask out of fucking Tokyo but he designs a lot of the costumes for the New Japan guys and he fucking flew in from Chicago and had some exclusive shit at his uh, stand uh Claire, what was the matching Kenny and fucking Yeah, Coda? there's two shirts, one with Kenny and Coda on them, and you get two people and you wear them. Yeah, together, you have to wear them as like trigger. a fucking team to wear them, and uh, it's fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was mortified that people were fucking digging his shit all the way from the States. I didn't really, uh, a lot of guys sell action figures, stuff you'd expect. Stuff you had some expect. all-in turnbuckles for sale, which was pretty fucking badass. I didn't yeah. even catch the price. As well as, uh, I think... Uh, Seat padding or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they I had, didn't return like, because no, they were meant to pull them down. Well, okay, the I thought they were aprons wrapped yeah. up. That's yeah. my yeah, but Okay, yeah, That's, no, because they're waiting yeah. time and fucking they only have the all in stencil ones. It was, yes. turn, it was yeah. a turnbuckle pad. That would yeah. make sense. Yeah. yeah, that that totally makes sense. Yeah, um, there was a, a really good area where all the podcasters were, which was, uh, and in fact, I think I mentioned it like we were just talking. That was about, the technically you know, the front door. We came in through the ass. Okay, well then that makes sense because then yeah, there there were uh, all of the podcast vendors were in this one area which was you know high ceilings, very well uh, ventilated space where um, there was a bar and probably a, a bar and grill where you can you know sit down and get your food. But at that time, the uh, young bucks. Uh, also tweeted and I uh, decided to do a photo op and uh, autograph session. session right there, you know, and that was cool. But I mean, it, the, the, I think our impression, or at least my impression was that, um, it, you know, moving forward, if they were to ever do another star cast in the exact same venue that they did it today, they would be better off putting, uh, the centralized action of all of the guests and everything probably in that one big room. There was enough space yeah, for, for the all the guests, like the guests, yeah, the guests, the real guests, and they stuff. could be circled around that room even, so that people could you know circle the room yeah, and yeah. and but but it was still I mean again set up fine uh, and you could you know I, I talked to a few of the podcast uh, guys that were there and uh, I mean so everybody at this show I think I got the vibe that everybody that was there both paying attendee vendor and guest. All genuinely probably were there because they want the best for this uh, event, all in, all in yeah. event, and and you could you man everybody was super cool, and even going as far as uh, even the hotel that we're staying in. There's a lot of all-in attendees staying at this hotel, and you just and all the rare, all the fucks around here, yeah, 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 and everybody's cool, and that's and that ultimately is what you know, uh, like-minded, uh, events, whether it's wrestling or, or, uh, whatever convention or, you know, people, like-minded people getting together and, uh, and having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to also point the advertisement for the show is huge. We saw 
Huge billboard like, on the interstate. Three billboards related to Pro Wrestling T or Pro Wrestling T spinoff company on One fucking major interstate. Massive all-in fucking billboard heading down into. Couldn't remember if it was into the city or coming out of it. It was both. It was right by O'Hare. It was both. Yeah, yeah. it was. Fu- and then uh, the presence of the Sears digital sign. Yep. The center itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a little pre-party tomorrow, which we are going to. Uh, it's like a, you get exclusive access to a bunch of things, uh, pay to play, so to speak, for food and drink. But that does not matter. But they're trying to bust our balls at uh, because there's a lot of thunderstorms coming in the Chicago area that they may cancel. But we drove down there today and scoped it out. There's big tents set up. So uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going on because they're advertising some heavy hitters. Doing autographs like Okada and yeah, it's, it's uh, not like in the role. It's Adam not Page. Adam Page is going to be doing there. So plus uh, mystery guests. Plus mystery guests. So we're uh, with Kenny Omega showing up late in the Starcast evening tonight, calling out fucking Roman Reigns at the start. Uh, what etc. That stuff's already floating around social media. Um, and we're hoping that uh, Kenny will at least pop his head out for tomorrow for at least a fucking five minutes, or even if he does a wave or something to meet the fans. Something. Yeah, Do absolutely. Something. For Just sure. to see him, I think would be. Amazing. Okay, so uh, I know we got I would we say, have a few questions. Uh, one I, thing that, well, no, hold on a sec. I, I would just know. one more thing about the convention too is that, um, um, man, there was something important that I was going to say. Oh, I wanted to mention that I was a little surprised. We didn't actually end up paying. No, to have no to we get got in, in so literally, we, and we were like, willing to pay, but no which, one ever asked us to pay, and we kind of felt guilty that no one ever asked. Everybody us to pay. was wearing wristbands, but us. But and nobody, because we were just walking around like we knew. Where we the fuck knew we were what going. we were going. We had bags. I mean, we had a we had a New, New Japan, Japan like pro wrestling bag and... full of beer. Yeah, and and, yeah. Uh, and stuff. Eh? So uh, the point of a convention, I mean, a. If you don't have people collecting your money right at the door, that's right there is an epic fail. They probably like to, I mean. I guarantee we weren't the only ones because because everyone was wearing a wrestling shirt, nobody was even checking anything. Yeah, yeah. There were people that looked important that still clearly, obviously, had no idea what their role at the security outside the one vendor room, but he wasn't looking at wristbands. He was just more concerned about like all the walls. Yeah, like just, just what if you look it. like you're gonna fuck shit up or something like that. Yeah. yeah, so that that should be noted, I guess, in the sense of. Uh, oh, and I thought uh, some of the wrestlers were misplaced. Like Kevin Nash was down beside Sergeant Slaughter and some other guy, but like pretty much the entire original NWO roster was there. Yeah, but they weren't all together. Like you know, doing some promotion myself, I would have had all those guys together and have everyone piggyback off each other's fucking name. But absolutely, why would you have fucking this guy here and this guy here, this guy there? Like, but you know, hey, it's just yeah, it's the, kind of nip licking, nip picking. It's true. It's true. No. Even if you were to pay for like, because they know they had the different wristbands set up for like different, I don't know, whatever. Even if you would have gotten one of them, I don't think. Yeah, it yeah. no, there was nobody checking VIP really, or nobody. I hate or, to say it, but there was really nothing to do. No, well, now, oh, well, but that was something I was going to touch up, uh, touch on is that um, <clears throat> they're probably. I don't. I mean, all of the the Q and A stuff probably would have been a, a fun thing to. Uh, and then we watched some Tony, of them, right? Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. Yeah, promo, there, there's a couple of the uh, opportunities that you can pay for, which, which in in my opinion, in our opinion, I think the price of what you know is certainly not that bad. Where you could do a promo uh, in front of an old school background of of you know like either WCW and the old uh, NWA days of uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing yeah, people between matches. Yeah. 
uh, or Sean Mooney in front of the old locker room in the WWF. Uh, you know, so things like that are really cool. You know, if you think you're uh, you have what it takes to do a promo with uh, an original OG from back in the day, you you can pay and for actually, that. And actually, we saw Tony was selling the fucking guys. Oh, and, and he, was, he was doing a fantastic job. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, to to have a genuine like these are probably I don't know what the you know other wrestling promotions out there uh, necessarily offer when they have a fan. Uh, conventions attached to their events, but stuff like that is just so cool, you know. Yeah, to to yeah, have a piece a of, you know, thing. like that's that's amazing. And uh, we didn't have, we were planning to do it, and who knows? Yeah, but who knows? If we didn't. If it was we so walk, kind of chaotic, we didn't even see a time when it was posted or if, what. If we walked in there yesterday, we could walk in there again today. So yeah. you never know. Eh? I didn't even really see a place you could go up to to buy. No, I, yeah, we didn't even see a like place that. that was selling the photo ops. To be honest, I with saw you. a mm-hmm. table. That that I thought I had to purchase a ticket from, and then she was just like, no, you stand in the line. Yeah, and the guy coordinating the Young Bucks, like, impromptu signing was just a guy with, like, a pencil case yeah, full of money that, full just, of cash. that just stood there wearing a Christian fucking high school t-shirt. Texting his girlfriend in the line. Texting, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we ultimately, I mean, for myself, it was pretty cool to walk through. I uh, would I have felt robbed if I had to pay twenty bucks? No, no, no. Have felt I've seen a lot more shows for twenty bucks. I've also been to places that sucked, fuck tenfold. Yeah, and I, I mean, had to pay fifty. Yeah, we'll tell them funny words. We're tired of Kevin Nash fucking Big Papa Pump. Just yeah, get, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just randomly fucking interrupts and fucking starts to Kevin. That's the fucking best. Hey, stun man! You know Kevin Nash and yeah, and so. that, that kind of shit's cool. Yeah, you know? so having a conversation with uh, well, or maybe we you know the having a tail end of a of a, a sort of a little encounter with Kevin Nash who who came to London Comic Con for it to be interrupted by the Stein man. Uh, you know, and and obviously, I mean, who are we, right? Like these are the, their brothers, you know, so. Not obviously, literally, but they go back a long ways. Uh, so yeah, Starcast, good times. Good times. Good times. I, w- I think the show obviously needs some tweaking. Yeah, uh, bigger venue or or a more well optimized venue where everyone knows where everybody is. Yeah. Um, clearly, they were fucking doing business today. No yeah. clue what's going to be like tomorrow. We uh, talked to fans that say they're going there tomorrow, even though the gigs tomorrow, mm-hmm. which should be interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, as hey, well as Sunday. As well as Sunday. Yeah. You know. Um, but fuck. I thought it was busy in there today. I can't even imagine it's going to be like Sunday when Kenny's there. I yeah, can't. Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. But anyways, we're going to take a break and we'll talk about some predictions for the fucking actual gig. Yes. <laughs> All we'll in. see you in a second. You bet. Coming this October 26th and 28th. At the Western Fair Agriplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca and London's Best Rock FM96. Scheduled to appear, our former UFC champion and former WWE Intercontinental Hardcore and Tag Team Champion, Ken Shamrock, the most dangerous man on the planet. You'll also see, from Star Trek The Next Generation, Deanna Troy, Maria Sirtis, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, James Marsters, the Yellow Power Ranger, Serena Vincent, Ted Raimi from Ash vs. Evil Dead, and Xena Warrior Princess. Star Wars bounty hunter himself, Boba Fett, Daniel Logan will appear. Plus many more names to be announced in the upcoming weeks. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, 
and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Okay, we took a short break, everybody. Uh, you know, you got uh, Duker, Bilo, and Claire uh, live in a suburb of Chicago. Hoffman Estates. Hoff- yeah, that one. The estates. <laughs> the suites. I don't know. We're in a place. It's a beautiful area. A lot of green grass, a lot of friendly people. And uh, all of those uh, friendly people... Uh, who are carrying green grass will be uh, convalescing. Very excited. uh, uh, This event is on the radar. And it will be arriving here tomorrow on the 1st of September 2018 at the Sears Center. All in. A lot of exciting matches happening. We're going to go slightly uh, uh, instead of giving match predictions, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but we want to just talk about what all, you know, we want to talk about all in and what it means maybe to us certainly the people that the events the excitement things that we're looking forward to um things that we hope might happen things that we hope might not happen but ultimately we just want to talk about our hopes and expectations for tomorrow in general i think i think that sounds like a solid plan so we start with the with the tailgate party celebration that starts at 11 a.m. oh yeah apparently there's going to be some people uh, some surprise guests, some superstars showing up. Uh, otherwise, it's a kind of, I wouldn't say VIP, but it's a, you know, it's going to be was, a small uh, cell- thousand to- Limited to 300 to 500, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, they sold out again like the event within minutes of the event starting. Um, you get a free t-shirt out of the deal, 20 yeah. bucks person. Mm-hmm. But they charge you for hot dogs and beer, of course, uh, nothing is too free. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but with, um... Maybe some exclusive opportunities to to share a moment with uh, one of the superstars that are going to be uh, performing in the evening coming up. So, uh, you know, some of us hope maybe uh, Kenny Omega might come in there and, you know, shotgun a beer or take a group photo or something like that. Some people are saying, well, you know, who, who's... Uh, Okada's confirmed. Marty Scrolls confirmed. Adam Page. Adam Page is confirmed. Uh... I don't know. That's like it, there was four for sure people, and then everything else was just. You see, I think you the see. chance to meet Okada is pretty unique. Um, I should note that uh, apparently in Japan they don't do these type of events, or if they do, they're off the scene where they're done behind the curtain. They don't really have you front and center uh, where people can watch you. Japan is a little more kind of uh, secretive in their that kind of thing. Privacy is an issue. That's why a lot of the photos there they blur with their faces of crowd shots and whatnot, but. Um, uh, the friends that I have in Japan who are avid New Japan fans, you know, always say that it's uh, very uh, unique to get to meet them in North America because they don't do that uh, type of stuff. In, uh, or if in they their, do, you have to be in like the exclusive yeah, club and it's only cl- for... Exclusive club or something like that. So to get the chance that they randomly pop out of nowhere is uh, unique. But, okay, so... Uh, predictions, what Well, well, the, 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 the tailgate party ends at two. The show starts... Or two or three and the show starts at... 
But anyway, there's a three <laughs> three hour three hour gap yeah. where apparently the people from the tailgate party are allowed into the building first. Yeah, but and yeah. I, I mean, I guess that would mean that we may have some access to the merch that's going to be sold, the bathrooms that most likely a bunch of people are going to have to use, but to find our seats, maybe there will be a couple of bonus matches or uh, warm up shows, you know, pre shows. There's a dark. Couple dark matches. A couple of dark matches. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's nice. But at the end of the day, uh, so I mean, we're probably going there to spend the day, or at least to park. You and know, around like around people. That's my logic. You know? Yeah, maybe the tailgate party will continue unofficially after the official one ends. You know, like people can find their seats, but then maybe go back out to their car or something. And, and just, the product, uh, to put a visual time. to this, it's it's literally we sculpted it up today. It's a, it's a, like a fucking. Field. A ginormous field on the hill. Uh, you drive by a Target or some sort of U.S. Uh, strip mall place that you expect to see in any major U.S. city uh, mm. in the suburbs. It looks like you're going down White Mall in London. Yeah. Uh, and then just randomly this arena appears, you know, and that's uh, kind of sitting on the top of the hill by a highway. In the middle of nowhere. It lives Literally. in the middle of nowhere. It feels like it's yeah, the middle even of nowhere. Even though it's hyper know, Chicago, let's be clear, it's definitely not Chicago. It's, it's not very, Chicago. It's a very, we fucking drove... Four feet down the road, and we we're seeing ads for fucking haystacks and pumpkins and shit. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's true. Hundred percent. Yeah, there's a hayfield. <laughs> yeah, it is a definitely in a non-populated uh, suburb of Chicago, which makes it beautiful in its own way for sure. You know, definitely. So the uh, you know we'll figure out what we're doing with a three-hour break between uh, tailgating and wrestling. Uh, but like uh, like was mentioned, there there will be a couple of dark matches that'll that'll probably keep people happy and and going but as far as the main card itself um you know there's there's a lot of uh a lot of talk i guess we could just talk about the uh the nick aldis and cody rhodes uh nwa title match first and foremost because um the big why one not? Cody's <laughs> why not why not cody yeah. featuring most predominantly on the Fucking poster! It's his legacy match for his father's title that he held for many years. Um, it's uh, it's his show. His show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to make it quick, uh, Cody will not win the title. That's my prediction. I think uh, yeah, they're already pushing New Japan uh, America title reign with uh, Juice Robinson, and uh, <laughs> and I think uh, that's where they're going with that. And to to have that man, to have the belt, even though NWA seems very clear with the belt traveling in other federations, they are not a wrestling fucking company but a wrestling uh, promotion um i just don't think it will happen i think uh, cody will uh not win the belt tomorrow <laughs> it's a little too good to be true at this yeah. point you know it's uh the beauty of 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 wrestling is to uh expect the unexpected i think him winning would be expected i think how he loses or how that plays out could be which could a unique in, situation, which we talked about on the they, the seven hour drive. The, the speculation <laughs> yeah. of the uh, WWE superstar who was there. We would try to like, even though they publicly stated he has no interest in appearing at all in or being a part of it in any sort of capacity. It's still kind of hilarious that he does a signing, uh, you know, semi down the road to the event to capitalize on the event's success. You know, um, yeah. and, and selling it out almost instantaneously. His name was floated around. His second the show was dropped, <laughs> that it was happening. Um, I think the, uh, if there was sort of a CM Punk interference 
in terms of not wrestling or doing anything, possibly be in this match to kind of uh, sort of the outcome and yeah. then take, the, take it in a different direction after that. And from what we've seen on social media, we didn't see CM Punk at StarCast today, but from what everybody is talking about on social media, he's just like happy as, as, as peaches. I guess if peaches are happy, he's a happy peach. At uh, StarCast and reconnecting with uh, wrestling fans, you know, and um, I think that kind of energy, uh, you know, if he is happy, well, that would uh, obviously lead to potentially some, uh, you know, second uh, tier uh, involvement uh, in in appearing tomorrow night, so... um, yeah, I and I would agree. I think uh, I think that Nick Aldis is going to keep this one. And and if you haven't checked out the the little promo that they put out in just I think the last uh, hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, it's on YouTube and uh, it's it's a very good in depth look at uh, what the match means to both of the uh, the competitors involved in it. So I'm excited to see that. I think, you know, like we could talk about people also who we're excited to see. I mean, it'll be cool to see Rey Mysterio wrestling in the, uh, the six-man. Is that the main event? Or we have, yeah, they're, we're, we're confused they're talking about, about the main event because Kenny, versus, uh, Kenny didn't uh, want to be the main event, but then now they're saying it is the main event, but we thought the six-man was the main event. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. I, you know, every match I can see will have the gusto of a main event match. Yes. <clears throat> so the six-man tag match, I think it'll be great because the uh, the Young Bucks are involved. Rey Mysterio, if you've been watching, and I'm new to it myself, but if you're familiar with the uh, uh, that YouTube channel, Being that the, the Elite. Being, Being the Elite, the, elite um, the uh, you know, Ibushi and... Uh, Anyway, they're they're building it, uh, building it up to be a, a fun. It's probably going to be a fun match. It's going to be a good match, but I you can call it the dream like, match dream for match Nick's birthday. Spots. He's like, I want this involvement with Theo Rossi is interesting from fucking uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I'm sure that was just added at the last point. Yes, uh, you know how he's going to come and play with this. Uh, you know, is it just more marquee value for the show or? Just, <laughs> a lot of unknowns, eh? I think he's walking right of the ring. Oh. I think that's what's happening. Okay, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and maybe, so So we'll see. Yeah. With, now, with... Theo! Uh, over, uh, over a bunch of Battle Royale. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about that. Well, and that's it. It's the only <laughs> the over budget. So who in the fridge? Now, that's where I think something's going to happen. But, that's just but I'm thinking with all these old timers already like just on the road the chance of a run-in or a fucking appearance by an old old school wrestler well i'm putting that on high because they know what the fans want to see and just the fact that so many of them are here and there are and you know and there are a lot on the fucking bill that still could probably throw an elbow or two well i mean you know let's look at uh in in the Scott Steiner, I think. Has, yeah, has, Scott Steiner is here at Starcast, but he he's here. Could come out. He could and, come out, and he but he's also been uh, sort of dancing in the ring in the last little while again yeah. too. I think from what I've, he, I he's could a perfect be, example could of that. Wrong, so but, we, yeah. I, I, uh, I anticipate. Some, I, I mean, I think it would be very 
Jeff Jarrett would be cool Jeff to Jarrett see jumping in there. To jumping in there. There's probably a lot of other wrestlers in, who could show up in the ring who would genuinely want to maybe yeah. knock him out a bit. Exactly. But, uh, so, I mean, maybe that would be fun to watch. <laughs> um, one of the people that were at StarCast was one of the men on a mission. I have not, not the one that's dead, I guess. Or if two oh. out of the three are dead, I, you know, I don't know. It was one of them anyway. Uh, so maybe there could be a man on a mission uh, in this over budget battle royal, but then again, the, even the title itself, over budget battle royal, would Something's would lead happen. you to believe that uh, there's going to be some yeah. some serious names, you know, that uh, only and, only people who yeah, are could afford. Let's so. be clear: what you think about these guys' wrestling skills or not? These guys clearly know how to fucking market their market themselves. Oh they yeah, know how to, like they're not they have a fucking end game in mind here and there. Exactly. And my you know. Initial reaction: Everyone bought the ticket sight unseen before one match was even announced. You know, if you actually mean to re- read the card on paper, I would actually say it's it's semi lackluster. But you know, my my fucking you know, I'm Jaden. going to this knowing that I trust these guys' judgment in putting on a show that the show is going to have some serious surprises and swerves that I didn't see coming, which will justify. It. There's no way they're going to just go out. And if this is if this is your fucking you know you want this to be the independent WrestleMania and you start your first show with like blah 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 expected fucking endings it's not gonna work you know you're gonna have to have so it could well and here's the thing Jay Lethal is going to face the winner of exactly. the yeah. over budget yeah battle in the Royal. same card which in itself is great so it's let's awesome. let's dance with the idea that if right now he is uh, having a bit of a uh, mental illness with uh, personality bad. disorder wouldn't it be interesting if maybe one of the surprise over budget attendees maybe even the winner is Lanny Popo Ooh. And it's a macho man and genius. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, well, that would be a squash because yeah, the yeah. guy's, like, 60. But I don't know. I mean, that's, that's you know, you can play with those kind of uh, yeah. ideas. Yeah. Would it happen? I don't know. But, uh, you know, you could do with something like that where it's uh, completely an unannounced 15-person uh, uh, battle royal, anything, anybody could be a part of that. Yeah, exactly. I think they've announced, like, six people. Maybe, yeah, maybe well, so who are some of the people there? I don't know, can't remember. Can't remember. Probably people. Yeah, I mean, that's fine because um, we're, you know, going to be there and most people won't. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll be able to know who people are before most people. Um, and that makes us feel, makes me feel quite lovely. The uh, main event-ish kind of certainly, I mean, well, you can call it whatever you want, but Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr., um, or Pentagon, I don't know how he wants to, uh, with that little accent, <laughs> on Neo, I don't know. Anyway, but Kenny Omega, uh, many people consider to be uh, one of the, if not the okay. best wrestler, professional wrestler in the world right now. Uh, a man who is carving his own path, but where will it lead? We don't know, but it, I believe that it will lead to a victory tomorrow night oh, at the very least. Uh, uh, again, um, the only other thing, to play the same thing, where are you going to work the CM Punk chess piece? If you would, would be either the Cody match or the Kenny match. Yeah. Because uh, the G1 climax... Uh, that uh, has a Tanahashi one. It, uh, it it is about fucking uh, fucking Wrestle Kingdom main event status. Kenny can still choose or pick a run in from CM Punk if this happened, destroying his victory with uh, Pentagon, which is a fucking non title match. 
could set a storyline mm-hmm. into the fall, into the winter, into that angle. And yeah. you saw how successful Jericho versus Omega was last say. year, which yep. took fucking New Japan from a casual curiosity into a serious fucking game changer player. Yeah. You know, so uh, it did. I and, think, it, and that storyline's not over that, either. That storyline's so. not over. No, yeah. Jericho, that's not yeah. just like Jericho's fucking doing his gigs, but he's not defended the fucking Intercontinental belt since he won from Naito. So there's so many unknowns yeah. going on right now. Yeah. But if I personally was writing it, I would have fucking, I would do, and I had CM Punk's involvement, I would have it affect the Kenny Omega outcome. Match. And wouldn't it be something if maybe even Chris Jericho... Oh, I would lose my mind if Chris Jericho Yeah, Jericho had something 100%. to do. You know, I mean, you know? he's he's busy with Fozzie, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's champion before he's a singer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you need to let the world know what's happening, uh, he's the guy at this point who could, again, probably in, in the same... Uh, ballpark as CM Punk getting involved tomorrow night, but uh, you know we're just talking hypotheticals. Who knows? Eh? Thinking, uh, I would just, I be disappointed if none of that happened? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, because, no, would I, uh, I wouldn't be very clear know, about that. But if I was, a lot I of knew, that is fan jury. You know, if just, I had CM's involvement, I was that was the angle. That would be the road. I totally, hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, it's very the, smart. You know, the the lone rogue from the WWE era versus the fucking you know best belt machine would be fucking money in the bank. Uh, pardon the fucking expression that <laughs> it would seriously be next level fucking. Yeah. Uh, I would also, I agree with that, and I would also say with uh, so much disappointment in other major promotions and, uh, biz, you know, wrestling, uh, professional wrestling company uh, companies, uh, but, but one specific one that um, seems to, in one way or another, let the fans down so much in not always, or not being consistent, at least, in providing any actual entertainment, but something you watch more to groan over, maybe they'll give a little bit more at all in to what the fans are expecting to happen. And, I mean, there's just so many reasons for them to make this a, a monumental event beyond just the, the wrestling you know, there should still be that entertain that entertainment yes. aspect, yeah, and, yeah. and that because spectacle aspect that goes along with professional wrestling. Very, very much. I could have said, it, but yeah, this is a professional wrestling show, not a sports entertainment show, where it's about captivating an audience, selling fucking storyline before you know where the storyline comes before the pay per view. The pay per view is the priority in this case, and. You know, we're all going along for the ride and seeing how this thing's going to fucking play out. Mm-hmm. You know, and we haven't been watching any of these matches for and the last few months let, each week leading up to it too. So this is going to be fresh. I haven't checked any of the statistics of the fucking the latest ROH West Coast tour, but let's be clear: after fucking all in is announced, you know, New Japan uh, ROH fucking combine shows go from playing in like mid-sized arenas to selling out Madison Square Gardens in almost as equally amount of time as fucking they did in Chicago, which proves that there's a huge market, market for this type of entertainment in Vince's backyard. Like, people are getting, you This know, is 1985 all over. Yeah, this is literally like the Monday Night Wars on a different scale, where it's yeah. now streaming versus whatever, but we're watching fucking stuff that, you know, happens fucking 12 hours ahead. But, you know, it's really fierce, seriously fucking kicking ass right now. It's it's amazing that uh, people that never got to see that kind of era, this is this is your chance to kind of be in on it on the ground floor. For me as a kid, to be able to, like, see the stuff I grew up watching on TV in this big of an aspect yeah, was, like, mind-blowing to me. Yeah, between the both, you know. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting event to be a part of. And, you know, all ten 
at least ten announced matches that are happening are are will I have no doubt be exciting, and everything in between, everything before and after as well. I think we can leave it at that. I think so too. I yeah. think I think this is going to be uh, a fucking sink or swim as in in as fucking real as that term goes. Like they either got to hit it out of the park or just fucking give it up at the same time. Like they have. Yeah. I have no other choice. I don't yeah. know how, uh, you know, I don't know if there's, if mediocre is, you know, if there's any fucking excuses that can happen to this extent. Like, exactly. I think, uh, I think the part three of what we will contribute to this is, uh, whatever amount of time it takes for us to drive from the venue back to our hotel tomorrow evening after the event and the energy that we're, uh, reeling off of or lack thereof, we can, uh, provide a, uh, an immediate kind of uh, what we think, how we feel, and uh, until then, we bid you adieu. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye and good night. <laughs> Once again, I'd like to thank James, Claire, and Nathan for being a part of this and sending in their live reports. We look forward to hearing more about StarCast and All In over the next couple of days with your reviews. And I'd like to, again, thank Chris Maloney for being a part of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with follow-up and reviews of the whole weekend and more news as it goes along. So, till next time, have a good one. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. of loudmouth scumbags that just want attention. Your mouth.